The Mesa Chamber of Commerce Inside Business Podcast brings you a unique view of Mesa through its vibrant business community and the subjects that are important. The podcast is produced in the Mesa Chamber of Commerce Media Studio, sponsored by the University of Phoenix. Our podcast is hosted by Mesa Chamber of Commerce CEO Sally Harrison. Please enjoy this episode of the Mesa Chamber Inside Business Podcast. This is Sally Harrison. I'm the president of the Mesa Chamber of Commerce. And this morning, I am in the podcast studio with my friend, James Christensen of Gateway Bank. Welcome, James. Thank you. Good to be here again. Yeah, good to be here indeed. Uh, we're following uh, our, our I don't know, back-in-person uh, kind of hybrid meeting <laughs> for our Mesa Financial Network. We just uh, ended a meeting and had a, a good turnout, but but really good conversation. So thank you for being the chair for that committee. It's very appreciated. Absolutely. And for your leadership in, um, well, in the industry, not just in Mesa, but I know you're very involved in the state. Uh, let's talk about some of the things that came out of that meeting because it, it was a good meeting and there was a lot of great discussion. Um, let's, let's start with, we had uh, somebody uh, represented from uh, Senator Sinema's office. And um, it was nice to hear kind of on a congressional level what was happening. Yeah, so um, our presentation from Senator Sinema's staff was really gave us an update, first of all, on what's been on national news with the infrastructure spending and, and everything that comes along with that. And then also touched on some of the banking issues and really how to make, um, it really what we're continually looking at is how to make banking more consumer and business friendly. Mm -hmm. and, and what can we do uh, really, Mesa Financial Network is really to have the senator's office hear our perspective on the front lines right. of, here's, okay, we know what you're trying to do, here's what is being proposed, here's how we think that's going to impact the industry, and here's what's good, and here's what might need to be tweaked a little bit. So it's, and, you know, they've been in on, on uh, someone from the team has been in on all of our meetings. Yes. It's great to finally be back up and running again and, and the hybrid really, the hybrid probably opens it up to even more people to get more input because we, you know, we have banks, credit unions, large banks, small banks, financial industries, pretty Mortgage. much all, di <laughs> yeah, all different kinds of, anything related to financing or banking, anything financial in general. Right. Uh, so I think it gives, you know, it's really a lot of input for the senator's office to hear are, you know, for us to hear what they're working on, what's important to them, and then how, what we can do to either support that or help rewrite, tweak. Sure. Well, it's a two-way conversation, and that's the important piece of that. And it's, um, it is a nice thing that they've been able to get somebody here every month that we've had it. And we did take a little break, but I think you guys were all pretty busy over the last year. <laughs> yeah, PPP and everything kept uh, everyone incredibly busy. And, and you know, it's been... The, the, the great thing about the Mesa Financial Network is it's really not, um, this committee, we're not in competition. No. Um, it's, it's, we represent the whole spectrum. My input is just my input. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, it's just like anything else. I'm, I'm learning as much or more than everybody else in the room from their perspective. Sure. And so whether it's a small credit union, small bank, large bank, um, fintech it's like how does this how does this work in your industry and it's like oh, okay that you know either either it's like okay we're on the same page or no okay i understand where you're coming from and why it's important to look at it that way so I, you know just to give you an example like for our next meeting 
you know, we're, we're, we're talking about uh, all different kinds of things, but we're talking about really ways to, uh, you know, crypto banking and banking and, mm-hmm. and the mix, what that looks like. I mean, that's obviously top of mind. Right. And, and, um, and then really for a, a, another issue is looking at ways that um, the banks and credit unions can deploy their excess liquidity and what that looks like and how we might be able to invest in, in different Arizona funds and uh, to, to, um, to really support Arizona, but also use up some of our liquidity. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, we're talking about ordinance on trafficking and, and just really things that, that what impacts the community impacts the financial exactly. um, uh, institutions. So um, it all ties together. So we always, we never seem to have a lack of things to talk about. No, and we not in this world. And we don't have too many shy people on the call. So it's Which always, is important. Yes. So you mentioned PPP. Uh, obviously, that was, you know, something that you guys all uh, were so busy with over the last year. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So really what we were discussing about PPP this morning was just kind of a little update on on what each of our institutions did, how mm-hmm. it was handled, um, how has it flowed? How's the how's it worked with the regulators? How's it worked with the SBA? Um, what issues and concerns? What pluses? And and really, you know, I think um, everyone's seeing really good success on the forgiveness, especially on round one and round two's already started, and round mm-hmm. two's moving much quicker and and more efficient than round one, which makes sense since we were just sure. kind of figuring our way at the beginning. Um, and then also. Um, what some of the opportunities are and and probably one of the big issues for everyone and all the financial institutions I talk to is liquidity is it's caused a tremendous amount of liquidity to be pumped into the system mm-hmm. um, and 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 now how do how do how do we deploy that what's good and you know the good side there was some really good fee income on the PPP loans um, that's honestly where you made all your money um, the interest rate on PPP loans is one percent so it certainly wasn't coming sure. from that uh, but but really, it, it PPP was uh, whether you liked the way it was fully rolled out or not. When COVID hit, and we expected, okay, we're going to prepare for the worst case scenario and pray to God for the best case. And and honestly, I think for by far the large majority of businesses, it turned out, and banks, it turned out best case uh, because of those funds flowing into the system mm-hmm. and, and helping them through that period of time and figuring out, okay, how do I pay my staff? How do I keep my team up? Yeah. and and work through this and I think that I you know there's was there some money wasted absolutely um, did it did it take the sting out of what could have been a really ugly downturn absolutely oh gosh I can't even imagine what would have happened to our small businesses had PPP not been available yeah it was it was it was a lifesaver for for some companies for other companies honestly it was a windfall in round one mm-hmm. the nice part about round two it was more targeted you had to show you had Mm-hmm. you know, often revenues. And so it went to those that still needed the ongoing help. Um, so hopefully we don't have to have round three. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of companies are even stronger than they were before this started because of PPP and people, you know, are really being cognizant to, to work with the local firms and, and mm-hmm. continue to use them. So yeah, we're, well, before we wrap up, there's two other things I wanted to ask you about. Um, staffing, has been a big issue across all of our industries in Mesa, well, everywhere. Talk about how it's affected the banks. Yeah, so one of the big issues, you know, we're like everyone else, is we don't have enough, um, we just don't have enough employees. And it's really as we grow, and, and all the financial institutions and credit unions have grown over the last two years pretty substantially um, across the board, really fully across the board. 
And what we're, what we're seeing is with COVID that, that one of the major changes that took place is people either fully worked remote or mm -hmm. they worked hybrid. Mm -hmm. And how do we adapt to that? It's not that, that I don't think you can find, I mean, you can find people that are motivated and, you know, you can measure their work and they can work from home. But when you have some smaller institutions, how do you, how do you, how do you operate a full service location and have the majority of your staff like I'd rather work from home. Right. Uh, fortunately, the majority doesn't want to do that with us. But finding new people has been very, very difficult. So, folks are willing to take a, a discount, um, a little less income, to work from home, hmm. um, which is nice. It's really not the main concern for the banks. It's mm -hmm. not really worried about the pay. It's just how do we operate the branch? How do we? And also, how do you build team? How do you build right. team when the majority of your team is working from home and they don't they're not around anyone else? Right. Right. So it's it's really also for in Gateway in particular, it's really in our DNA to be our team and how we work together and build that camaraderie and long term, you know, uh, tenure at the bank. So um, I know all, you know pretty much across the board, all the banks and credit unions I've talked to have open positions and mm -hmm. really good paying jobs. Mm -hmm. The other thing that's interesting, and we really didn't touch on this morning yet, was that um, there's not a lot of folks out of college going into banking. Mm -hmm. um, there's some really, really good paying jobs, right. a lot of high paying jobs right out of school that they could get involved with. And so I think that's part of it as well, as we're not seeing that part of the talent pool come into banking, which I think, you know, maybe we need to do a better job of. Like telling it. people what we do and, right. and why this is a career that they ought to consider. It's not, you know, the way we bank at Gateway and the way you bank at a lot of the credit unions and banks now is not what it was 20 or 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I think it I think it would be really interesting and fun. And it's, you know, probably some folks going banking fun. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know. You, I've been to your bank. It's yeah, fun in there. Fun. Yeah. yeah, we have a good time. Nice. So, so, yeah, that's an area that we has become a, a, a really big issue and, and one that we need to figure out how do, how do we as an industry adapt to that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, one more thing. Let's talk about our special guest speaker this morning from... Um... American yes. Bankers Association. Yes. So, yeah, we had Diana Banks on this morning from Washington, D.C. Interesting last name for her profession. Yeah, yeah. Banks. <laughs> you got to love that. Um, but she, she gave us... Uh, uh, a full presentation on the bank on certified accounts and really what this is, it's not a new program, but it's really been pushed and active the last few years is how do we create a, a product at the bank that we can bring on those that are unbanked, uh, you know, the huge amount of households across the U.S. that have no bank accounts. Mm -hmm. And so you come up with an account where you have an account where you can't charge overdraft fees. You have, you know, you can open an account for $5.00. Um, but, and you still have the same products and services and, and robust offerings that any account would have. You just don't have all the fees associated with it. Mm -hmm. And um, they're, having a, you know, they're having a lot of success. It's, it's slowly building, and there's more banks adopting that. And I think you know, we spent a lot of time this morning talking about you know, the non-bank community. How do you build that trust right. to get them to, to say, well, you know, it sounds good, but I'm still not sure I trust the bank and, mm -hmm. and, and where we're going on this. But I, I think um, it's really getting community buy-in and having local leaders, local churches, you know, really telling people what this product is. And, and honestly, it would save so much money for a lot of folks that are paying fees to have cash 
checks cashed and dealing in cash and mm-hmm. and to have to have an option at a bank that makes sense for them. Well, lots of information. Hopefully we can get some of that out for our membership. Um, James, if anybody wants to contact you, contact Gateway, how do they get a hold of you? Sure, you can uh, get a hold of me at 480-358-1000. You can also check us out on our website at www.gcbaz.com. And you have a great newsletter that goes out all the time. We do. We're not your typical newsletter. No, so you're not. I think it's fun. We cover all kinds of topics. There's usually something banking in there, but we're also touching <laughs> on things that are are important to the community, important to me. Very cool. Well, I like just being able to meet some of your staff through your newsletter, too. That's fun. Thanks for being on, on the podcast with us today. Thanks for a great meeting this morning, and we will see you soon. Great. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a Mesa Chamber of Commerce Inside Business Podcast. You can find all podcast episodes at iTunes, Spotify, or your own favorite podcast website. You can also find them online at mesachamber.org. Content of this podcast is copyright the Mesa Chamber of Commerce, unless otherwise noted.